Well, good morning, everybody. Turn to somebody next to you and say good morning. I'm we're glad you're here this morning. Listen, I'm gonna um, I want I the the Lord is speaking to us from heaven. Can you hear it? The Lord is speaking to us from heaven. Virginia, if you will come on up, I want her to share a prophetic word and and I want you to listen. Um, God still operates in prophetic words today. The prophetic words today are edifying, encouraging, that it may minister grace to those that hear it. How many of you know that the grace of God is God's favor on your life? So turn to your neighbor and say, you got favor. <laughs> Tell them, say, you got favor. You're like, and some of, and sometimes I have to talk myself into it. I'm like, I got favor. 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 You know? So, um, you know, that's God's goodness and his grace on our lives. Um, when we were, when they were picking up the baskets a moment ago, Shelly had the picture of when Jesus fed the 5,000, which was really about 15,000 because it was 5,000 men. And there was also women and children there also. Are you with me? So a lot of times we limit only fed 5,000, um, or the oil that never ran out, but there was something that was left over. And we've just said, God, when we give, there has to be something left over. And, and God has a way of of providing that for you. So we want to, again, encourage you today that as you give, God gives back to you. Amen. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Amen. Virginia? You know, I don't usually give a word that I've written down, but I spent a lot of time praying for you this morning, and um, God gave me this. Um I hope you all know that every one of you are on a journey. Do you know that? We call it life. And sometimes we're down here in life. Sometimes we're on the mountain. And sometimes we're just sailing along on this freeway that's just exactly right. So the Lord said today, my hand is covering LWF. Feel the warmth of it, the protection, the revelation of it, and the love from it. New things, new ways, new ideas, revelation of me as never before. You're on a journey. You did not sign up for it. I signed you up, God said. Sometimes it seems hard, and some want to change the journey. Some want to even quit the journey. But God said, I planned it, and I'll take you to completion. So take your hand off. Relax and enjoy the journey. Just as you have a life in this natural world, so this body of believers, Believers has a life. Life is a journey from conception, that would be when you got born again, to a baby, to a young child, to a teenager, to a young adult, to an adult, and to a mature adult. Now, you know I'm a mature adult. I look like it anyway. If we're going by looks, I fit that. You're all in this, only you're all at different stages of life. So some of you are just getting started. 
And some of you have just got some revelation of who God is, and you are just excited about God for the first time in a long, long time. And some of you are mature. What stage are you in? God says, let me take you to be a mature adult. I must do it, not you. Allow me to keep you on the path I've planned, and it will be shorter to your destiny than if you do it your way. Just conform to me, not the world. I will teach and train you. I'll guide and direct you. I'll empower and explode your capabilities. All you do is quit trying to become the mature adult overnight. It does not work that way. As we journey, I'll feed you tidbits. These would be nuggets of revelation about me, God says. And you cannot have these if you do it yourself. Is it so hard to let me be God and you be the believer? That is what this journey is all about. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, how do you do? What do you do with that? You just you just receive it by faith. All right, and that's what some of you are like. Well, how, how do how do I do this? I'm I'm not perfect. Look, you're not perfect. Jesus is the only perfect one, and the word perfect is mature. You know, we are maturing, we are growing, we are in a process, we're in a transformation. Come on, somebody. We haven't arrived yet, you haven't gotten there yet, but how many of you know, some of you may have gotten off track, but God's saying, get back on track today. Some of you may have said, if you got knocked down, get back up today. Some of you might have said, you know what, it's time to call a time out, but now it's time to call a time in and get back on the field and get back into what God has for you. Let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something's, something's different this morning. I, I, something's different. You feel it? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Some of you are like, I don't feel nothing. I feel, you know, it's nice and cool, nice and good in here. Well, we, we, uh, we bless you today. Listen, the ushers are going to hand you, hand, give you a handout. I'm going to jump right into what God has for us this morning. The question that I'm asking you today is what's more valuable than gold? What's more valuable than gold? What's more valuable than gold? This is a four part, the fourth part of a, of a series that we've been talking about. What's more valuable than gold? And we talked about how valuable gold is. Gir- ladies, ladies, can I have all the ladies' attention? Do the ladies, you ladies, like gold at all? Any ladies like gold? We got a few. Come on, that are not ashamed of it. Okay, there's like you like gold. There's some you like gold. Okay, that's good. And, and, and gold can be good and gold can be nice. Gold, um, the gold market at the time that we started this teaching, the gold market was $1,140 per ounce. Now that equates to 16 ounces in a pound to over $12,000 for a pound of gold. Oh man, I, I I like to have a pound of gold. You know, I like, you know, like, well, Eric, you know, you're just being materialistic, you know, and I was like, no, no, a pound of gold, that would, that would be amazing, you know, but how many of you would know that gold not only comes in, in ounces and pounds, but it comes in a brick. 
Gold comes in a brick. And a brick of gold is, listen, is worth 400 at that market value, $483,000. Anybody want a brick of gold? Amen? I mean, you say that's, you know, you'd be, you'd be saying that's provision. <laughs> that's provision. I got a brick of gold. I got provision for everything I need, not only for my needs, but for the needs of others, the needs of others. So we're going to talk a little bit about how valuable gold is. And we know that through the Word of God, I'm just going to review just for a few moments. We know that through the Word of God in Revelations 21:18, he says there's a city of gold. There's a city of gold. The streets are gold. Come on. The streets are gold. And we may wear it around our necks or on your, your, your finger or wear your earrings or wherever. Nose rings or whatever goes on there. That's, you know, but, you know, th- those are those things. You've still got that gold, right, that, that's there. And he says these, this is a very city of gold. It's a city of gold. I would say that gold is valuable. Gold is valuable. And some, I look to say, God, is gold valuable to you? And I began to start thinking about the Ark of the Covenant and how it was made and overlaid in gold. The Ark of the Covenant was made with pure gold. Come on, somebody. The cherubim was pure gold. And I don't know how many bricks were in the cherubim that were in the, in the Ark of the Covenant, but it was pure gold. There were gold rings and there were gold poles and their things were overlaid in gold. And it was just gold, 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 gold. And then years later, Solomon begins to build a temple. Who's he building the temple for? The Lord. He's building a temple for the Lord. It took him seven years to build this temple. And do you know that he overlaid the doors in gold, the doorposts in gold? There were there were all these different things that were done in gold. So we know that God loves gold. He enjoys gold. Now, I want you to know there's things that are more important than gold. <gasps> there is. You know, if I could just get gold, if I could just have a brick of gold, Pastor, everything would be all right. No, no, there would be a lot of flaws in your life, too, that would still be there. So we begin to, the point that I want you to make, to want to make, is that God likes gold. God likes gold. Everybody agree? God, God likes gold. But there's some things that are more valuable than gold. First Peter 1, 7, it says that the proof of your faith being what? More precious than gold, which is perishable. So he's saying, guess what? Gold is perishable. Your faith is not perishable. Oh, come on. Your faith is not perishable. He's saying gold is perishable. And he says, even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, this word in the Greek for gold means very costly. It means of great worth. I love the last part, extremely valuable. Everybody say it extremely valuable. It's extremely valuable. The proofing, the refining of your faith is extremely valuable. Richard, I know on Wednesday nights, we've been looking at 1 Kings 17, the very scriptures that you talked about today. And that word Zarephath, when God told Elijah to go to Zarephath, that word Zarephath means a place of refinement. How many of you know gold is refined? It's to get out the impurities. It's to get out the alloys, those things that are not the same properties of gold. It's being being refined. Our faith is of greater value than refined gold, than the process of refined gold. See, here's, listen to me. God's purpose for trials and tribulations and difficulties in your life 
God's purpose for those things is to work those things out for your good. Listen, God did not put cancer on you. God does not put cancer on people. Are you with me? Okay, so, and that's a shifting that some of you got to say, well, you know, I heard it on TV and so-and-so said, you know, God, you know, put cancer on me to see if I could survive it. He didn't put cancer on there. There's no way I can find in the scriptures in the New Testament through Jesus that he puts, but he put cancer on anybody. In the Old Testament, did somebody end up with, uh, you know, leprosy? Absolutely. But how many of you know that was the old covenant? There's a new covenant, and Jesus shed his blood, and things have changed because of the New Testament. So he says the proofing, the refining of your faith is more valuable, extremely valuable. It's more valuable than gold. Turn with me to Psalms. We're going to get to 1917, and I'm just going to review real quick Psalms 19. Um, if you got your Bibles, if you've got an electronic device, use it. I have no problem with technology. Um, and those of you right now, if you're on Facebook, then just go ahead and just tell them. Say, I'm at church. Come join us next Sunday. Post that. Huh? Oh, yeah, I caught you. He was like, did he know? How did he? Did he? Is there somebody back there overlook? Just say, look, I'm at church today. Come join us. Psalms 19. Everybody there? Say, I'm there. Let's look. Let me read through verses 7 through through 10, and, and I want us to really begin to, to get what God has for us today. What's more valuable than gold? What is more valuable than gold? Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. I, I saw some hearts rejoicing today. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord or justice of the Lord are true, and they are altogether righteous. Look at verse 10. It says, they are more desirable than what? Gold. Yes, pure gold or refined gold. So the question is, is what are they? They are more desirable, more important, more valuable than gold or refined gold. He takes it from one level to another level because you can have gold that's not refined and a brick of gold is not going to be worth $483,000, but the refined gold will be. So he goes, what's more valuable than how many of you know, did we all agree that refined gold is valuable? Are we all, can we all agree on that point? Say, I agree with you, Pastor, I agree. Okay, we got a few of us that agree with us. That, that you know, that's more important, that's more valuable, that's extremely valuable. The proofing of your faith, but refined gold is valuable. So he goes on, and let me just re- give you the review real quick. The first thing, and those of you that have your notes, if you can fill it in there, if it's not filled in, it's the proofing of your faith. What's more valuable than gold? The refining of your faith. The proofing of your faith. Faith is the most important thing in the kingdom of God. Without faith, you're not saved. Well, I'm saved by God's grace. Yes, you are, through faith. Through faith that God, God's grace is on your life, that's how I'm saved. Well, Pastor, how you know you're saved? Because you messed up the other day, and you, you were driving too fast, and you got a speeding ticket. <laughs> speeding ticket has nothing to do with whether I'm saved or not. 
I want it to be a byproduct where I don't break the law. And God, forgive me when I do. Amen? Let's, let's praise the Lord for his forgiveness. Amen? You ever been forgiven of anything at all? Man, that ought to make you happy. You know, it's like, it's like I, I get happy because I start thinking about how good God is to me. So faith is the currency of the kingdom. Number two on your notes is the law of the Lord. Say the law of the Lord. That's the second thing, that it's perfect and it restores the soul, his principles, his precepts. Number three is the testimony of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord. Number four, we're just reviewing real quick, is the precepts of the Lord. He said these things, these things that I'm pointing to right here, these things are more important than gold, refined gold. Number five is the commandment of the Lord. It says the commandment of the Lord, it's pure, it lightens the eyes. And then number six, let me give you the sixth one, is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Well, let's talk a little bit about fear of the Lord. Is it that he comes with a rod and he comes to spank us? It's a paddle. It's a baseball bat. It's a yardstick about that thick. That was I, I'm telling you, my mom, I had fear of my mama. I'm glad I could run, man. I could run. Some of you I know. Some of you ever heard this. Some of you guys that have been around a long time. I'm going to get over here with, with Lloyd and Debbie and, and, and Wayne and Kelly. And you guys have been around. You, you know about this. You know, we, we, I, I lived in upstate New York. I was born in, in New York. And, and my brother and I used to, we used to fight. Moms, I pray for you if you've got some kids that just duke it out. My brother was three years older than I was. He would fight. He would fight. And that was it. I had enough one day when I was 12 years old. And I bought a weight set. And I went down into the basement. And I started pumping iron and pumping iron. I'm telling you, three months later, things changed. Because Ray, my brother, was picking on me. And then all of a sudden, he found out I got a whole lot stronger, a whole lot quicker, a whole lot faster. Amen? You know what I mean? And I learned a few boxing moves and understood the uppercut and you know, anyways, we would get in fights. I'm telling you guys, I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying this is how bad it was. We would get in fights, and fights would escalate to the point of there were BB guns, there were butcher knives, there were fire extinguishers. We had a partition in our basement, and it was plastic. I know it was plastic, and guess what? A BB gun will shoot through plastic. I could see his feet underneath there, and I cocked that BB gun, and I was shooting at him. It got so bad that we would duke it out. We were in the living room one time. I don't know what we were fighting over. Who knows? The channel, the TV probably. Oh, by the way, y'all, there used to be a TV where you had to go to it and actually turn the channel. <laughs> we were fighting. We were, fight. <laughs> we, were fight. we were fighting in there. And we're in the living room duking it out. And all we could hear, all we could hear was the magnet of this closet. And in that closet was a, three, a yardstick, three foot. And it was about that thick. We knew she kept that yardstick in that closet. And we heard that magnet go click, click. And I'm telling you, my brother was out that door and I was out the front door. And mom came in the other door and we were gone. My mother, bless her heart, I'm glad she is with the Lord now. Amen. And she received Jesus beforehand. But I know that her reward had to have been great because she was dealing with a knot-headed little kid like, like me. You know what I mean? And I was honorary. And, but you know what? God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you. And if you'll just follow him, everything's going to be all right. Can I get an amen? The point, they're like, what, are you, what point are you making? Here's the point I'm making. There is the fear of the Lord that it's not about a yardstick with God. 
It's not about the discipline or punishment. It's about respect and honor. I fear God because I respect God. I honor God. Okay? It is a it is a, a reverence. It's a it's a morally reverent, the fear of the Lord. So he says, the fear of the Lord, this is what is more important than gold, more valuable than gold. Your relationship with the Father, but having morally respect for God. That's the, that's the fear of the Lord. And then the word he uses is clean. One of the, the words he uses is clean. And this, this word meaning, is, it really means to, to, you know, ladies, you know what clean is? Clean? But I'm telling you, I, I must not know clean because I can clean something and then Shelly can come behind me and clean it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, girls. I mean, some of you are like, yeah, that, that ain't clean, honey. That, 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 that isn't clean. But that, that word clean it means this. It's meaning spotless in moral character. Do you believe that God is spotless in moral character? Yeah, absolutely. It means pure. It can mean pure in a physical. It can mean pure in a chemical sense. It can mean pure in a ceremonial sense. It means pure in a moral sense. It's, it's about clean. He says the fear of the Lord is, is clean. It's pure. And the next word he talks about is enduring. Say enduring. Now there's a scripture this or the song this morning that talked about standing. It says, You make me brave, and it talked about standing. Okay? This word enduring means to stand. Tell your neighbor, say stand. It means to stand. We stand. It means to stand by. It means to stand firm. It means to stand still. It means to stand up. Come on, it means to stand. Not just stand. Okay, I'm going to use Shorty. I'm, I'm going to have you come over and help me illustrate something real quick. Um, Shorty's a little guy. You know, I can't help it. You know, he just is. I'm bigger than he is, but it's just the way it is. But, you know, if, even how big he is, I can I can push him and he's really not. Is he standing? He's standing, right? He's still standing. But is he really standing? Because here's the here's what this word means. Okay, that it doesn't mean that. Okay. Now, he still, he was standing before. <laughs> never, never mind. So, you, you, again, it means to stand firm. It, stand firm. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Stand in a way. Stand again. Stand. Stand in. See what I mean? It means, now, see, a lot of us will stand the other way. Let's do the other way. See, he's still standing, right? He's, he's still standing. Oh, I'm still standing. And the enemy's pushing, right? He's pushing, right? But what God wants us to do is come back and stand and stand firm. Are you with me? It means to be able to stand. Oh, he. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. Amen. I, you know, I did, I do this illustration because, you know, I could move him if I wanted to. I just didn't want, look, I, I didn't want y'all you to go, you know, pastor really just, you know, he means to stand. To endure, this word in the Hebrew means to stand, stand firm, stand up for, to stand there. So, gosh, let's do this. Let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, and I want us to look at this. Because Paul talks about it in the New Testament. He talks about standing. Ephesians chapter 6. If we've got a few minutes here, I just want to look at Ephesians chapter 6. He talks about this word stand. This word stand. And um, he talks about the armor of God. Anybody familiar with the, this, this scripture? If you're not, go back and read it. He talks about, finally, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm. Everybody, stand firm. Is that just standing or is that standing? Oh, come on, somebody. I got our UFC boxer in here. I, I should have got you up there and, and, and we, we could have. Never mind. I, I, I know where my limits are. Come on, somebody. But it, but it, it means to stand. All right. And we're not talking about standing for evil. We're talking about standing for God. We're talking about, he says, you know what? There's a battle that's, that you're up against. There's an enemy. We all have an enemy. Come on. The enemy hasn't gone away. Okay. But he has been mobilized through Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Because now you have the power. You have the authority. Well, that's a whole other teaching. We're going to get into that pretty soon. But he talks about stand. Say stand. That means to be, to, to, this word literally means to stand ready. It literally means to stand prepared. It means to stand ready. It means to stand prepared. It means to stand in truth. Mm. It means to stand on God's word. Are you ready? 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 You know, the, the, the women had an Equal Rights Amendment, ERA. I used to say ERA means Eric's ready anytime. But I'm ready. The Word of God says that we need to be ready in season and out of season. Oh, come on. Are you, are you, you understand that word? So it says to stand. Say stand. A couple, couple things that you have to understand. Our song that we were singing today says, you make me brave. And, and, and it says, we need to stand. We've got to stand. In Second Thessalonians, he says to stand firm. Let me give you a couple other scriptures. You can write them down. Don't turn there. First Peter 5.12 says, stand firm in the true grace of God. Stand firm in the true grace of God. In Jude 24, Jude says, because of Christ, we stand in the presence of his glory. And he says, because of Christ, we not only stand in the presence of of his glory, but we stand in the presence of his glory blameless. What? How can I stand in the presence of God and be blameless? Blameless without a spot, without a wrinkle, without anything because of Christ. Christ, Christ is my dry cleaner. Oh, that's a good one. You ever take something that you got stained to the dry cleaner and they get it out? If they don't get it out, you do what? <laughs> send it back. Oh, yeah, you can send it back. It's okay. Christ, Christ makes me pure. Christ takes away my sin. Christ makes me holy. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you guys getting this? But see, a lot of times we don't, we don't realize that. And Jude was talking about it. He was saying, you know what? Not only you can stand because of Christ in God's presence, and when you're in God's presence, we can stand blameless. And he also goes on, Jude 24, you can read it later. Some of y'all are, are sneaking and reading it now. I know you. I know you. But he also says that not only you're blameless, but he also says with great joy. That we can come in and we can worship God with great joy. Because it's, it's not about you, it's about him. It's got to be about him. Revelations 3.20, remember, Jesus says, Behold, I what? Stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice, I will open the door, and I will come in to him, and he will come in 
to me. Are you with me? In Mark 3 and verse 24 and 25, it says a kingdom divided against itself cannot what? Can't stand. A house divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. It cannot stand. And that means to stand, stand firm. Turn to your neighbor and say stand firm. And the scripture talks about it in, 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 uh, in verse 6, at, or yeah, verse, verse 9. It says the judgments of the Lord are altogether true. So the judgments of the Lord are true. They're altogether righteous. That judgment of the Lord is the, how many of you know, it's a, it's a legal term. How many of you know a judgment can be good or bad? If you've ever been to court and they're going to render a judgment, it can be good. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Something's happened and somebody's suing you and it's a frivolous lawsuit, you know, maybe because your coffee was too hot or something. I don't know. And um, and you had caution on the cup and and an issue happened and all of a sudden God needs to judge something. Are you with me? And then you go into court and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, that word in the Hebrew of judgment actually means justice. It's justice. Say justice. It's justice. So as we understand that there is what's more valuable than gold, the judgment of the Lord or the justice of the Lord. The justice of the Lord is more valuable than gold. And that that justice or that judgment can be unfavorable and favorable. I'm here to tell you, if you're not a believer in Christ, your judgment is very unfavorable. If you are, my judgment becomes favorable. My judgment comes favorable. So the judgments of the Lord are true. They're altogether righteous. There is a sentence that it can be used to punish somebody as in judgment, or it can be used to vindicate somebody. If you're wrongly accused and you go before the judge and he renders judgment or justice and he vindicates you, then that can be the judgment of the Lord. That can be the justice of the Lord. So a lot of times we just go automatically, it's negative. It's not always negative because there can be vindication. How many, how many of you know the Lord needs to vindicate you? Come on. And you're, you belong to Jesus Christ. And the Lord will be his, the vindicator. It also means to govern. And it also means to legislate the justice of the Lord. And he says it's true. True meaning what? True. True meaning trustworthy. True meaning, how many of you know, <laughs> God said it, that settles it. <laughs> that settles it. The only thing's left is our interpretation of it sometimes. But when we look at that, his justice, his, his judgment, what he did with Christ on the cross, it was true. Even though Jesus said, Father, Father, why are you forsaking me? It's still true. And what he went through was true. And the blood that he shed was true. It was the final atonement for sin. The final atonement for sin. Because in the Old Testament, they, they went into the priest and he went in once a year. God has made a way through Jesus Christ to be that final atoning for us, your sin, my sin. And people don't, some people love to hear this. And then they go sin. But he didn't say you could just go sin because of that. Hello? But he took away from that. He's removed that. 
that that judgment that was there. It's true. That that word true means faithful. That that word true means just right. He goes on and he says it's all together righteous. And I started looking at that and I was looking at that again this morning. And the scripture says, okay, he gives these different things and he says these things are more valuable than gold. These things are. They are. And I was trying to determine, because, you know, man put in the chapter, and man put in the number for the Scripture verse, all right? So I was trying to look at it, because sometimes you can read in the Bible, and you can read it goes from one chapter to another, but he hasn't changed thoughts. So sometimes we try to segment that out, but God's thought was still the same from chapter 1 into chapter 2 and halfway into chapter 3, and then he changes it. The judgments of the Lord are true. And there's the word they again. They are altogether righteous. Now, I could take that and say they, meaning the judgments, or I can take that and say they are altogether righteous, meaning everything that you have on your sheet. Righteous is to be able to be made in right standing. Righteous is being justified to be made right. Righteousness is proper alignment. Righteousness. I am not righteous on my own. I cannot be good enough to be righteous. It's righteous, dude. I mean, like, it's just totally righteous, dude. And some of us come out of that place, man, back in the 60s and stuff, man, and we were just like, everything was righteous, man. It's just like righteous. Come on. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all having flashbacks. And you're like, oh, I got delivered out of that. I don't want to be in that. To be made right. So what's more valuable than gold? Your faith is more valuable than gold. The law of the Lord is more valuable than gold. The testimony of the Lord is more valuable than gold. The precepts of the Lord are right Righteous, they're more valuable than gold. The commandment of the Lord is more valuable than gold. The fear of the Lord is more valuable than gold. And the judgments of the Lord are more valuable than gold. In Psalms, verse 10, it says, They are more desirable than gold. Yes, refined gold. I'm going to have the worship team. If you guys would come back up today, I would appreciate that. I'm going to have the worship team come back up. While they're coming up, the question that I'm going to ask you some of you can say, well, you know what? I'm building a foundation on something, and I'm, I, you know, gold is maybe a good foundation to build on. How many of you think maybe gold would be a good foundation to build on? You know, I, mine's concrete at my house, but some of you might say gold. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians while, while they're coming up. I want to just share a scripture that I really believe that the Lord laid on my heart or scriptures. Verse 11 says this. Question that I'm going to ask you. What's more valuable than gold? You can answer that, right? You can, you can just read off the list that you've got in your handout. You can say these things are more valuable than gold. There's more things that are more valuable than gold. But what foundation do we have? Because as I was looking and studying about gold, I came across this scripture, and I'd read it many times, and some of you have read it many times. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 through 15. It says this. It says, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid on is Jesus Christ. What foundation are you building on? What's the foundation that we're building on? 
some might be building on sand, and the scripture talks about this, the, the rains coming and the, the, the sand being washed away. But he says, no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is on Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, everybody say gold, gold. If you build on the foundation of gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, I might add concrete, each man's work will become evident for the day will show that it is evident because it's to be refilled with fire, refining with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on remains, he will receive a reward. He'll receive a reward. He'll receive a reward. The question is, is what's the foundation that we're building on? A lot of us can build the foundation on previous legacies. Okay. You can build the foundation on education. You can build the foundation on your wisdom or your knowledge. You can build a foundation on your experience. But the Bible says the foundation needs to be built on Christ. So what's your foundation that you're building on? Have we been building on something else? Have we been building on something else? Have we been at a place where we've built on something else? What's the foundation that we're building on today? You may be here today and you don't know what that foundation is. I want to ask you to change that today. He says, if you build it on gold, which is gold is fine, refined gold, there's going to be a refining process. Just like gold goes through a refining process. Why? To take things out. To take things out. What foundation are you building on? We know the things that are more valuable than gold. The principles and the precepts of the word of God, our faith. Man, but the enemy wants to challenge your faith today. He wants to challenge your faith in him today. He wants to challenge your faith in others today. He wants to challenge. I'm going to keep, keep this. I want to do something here today. He wants to challenge you today, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you in a godly way. That our foundation needs to be on Christ. And our foundation needs to be faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Shelly and I were talking and she said, sometimes we struggle because we have, we are challenged with our faith in faith. Mm. Mm. We are challenged to have faith in our own faith. What about my faith? What about my faith? Pastor, you said if you'd have faith as, as little as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thy removed, cast yourself into the sea. But there's a challenge of Christ. ISIS is not beheading people because they're a Muslim. They're beheading people because they belong to Christ. In Oregon, a man came in and shot people, killed people, 
not because they were a Muslim. Because he said, if who's a Christian? In Columbine, they said, who's a Christian? And they stood up. They said, you're going to meet him right now. We read about a group of people being giving their life for their, for their faith. And their faith wasn't in their faith of their faith. Their faith was in Christ. I read a story, just a story. About a guy that came into a church and he came in in a mask and a gun. And he came up to the pastor and he told the pastor, he turned around to the, to the congregation and he said, look, if you want to get out of here, you better get out of here now. And half the people got up and left. And he turned around to the pastor, took his mask off, set his gun down and said, pastor, go ahead and preach. You got real Christians in this place now. I'm not laughing. Because our faith has to be in Christ. I know my wife loves me. Is that challenge? Sure, there's times that we challenge all that. She tells me, reminds me, I remind her. I love her just because it's life. But I know beyond a doubt that she loves me. I want you to know beyond a doubt that Christ loves you and he shed his blood for you. He died for you. He rose again for you. And it's got to be your faith, not in faith or faith of each other or faith in the church or faith in Pastor Eric or faith in, 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 in anybody else. But it's got to be your faith. It's got to be in Christ. It's got to be in Christ. It's got to be in you, God. It's got to be in you. It's got to be in you. My faith is in you. I don't understand how things are happening in the economy, in this world, why my, my why things are, are happening the way they're happening, but my faith has got to be in Christ. And whether you're, you know, somebody comes in and says, look, are you a Christian? You say, yeah, and he shoots you or beheads you or whatever it might be. I hope you never get put into that situation. But I think there's times every day we have to make a choice to say, I choose to believe you, God. I choose to believe your word, God. I choose to believe in what you say, God. I know I don't understand what this scripture means, but I know it was breathed by you. It was you, God, and it's you. And you're going to make a way when there seems to be no way. You're going to make a way in the desert land. You're going to cut a river that's going to come through. You're going to bring manna out of the ground. I don't know how you're going to bring it, God, but you're going to bring it. Hallelujah. No, no, no. You didn't hear me. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's that faith that's got to be in Christ. Why? Because we're going to nations, sending people to nations, sowing into people in nations. Having ministry trips in nations, meeting nations. That's what it's about today. It's about our faith in Christ. Kelly and Wayne, I want to ask you guys to come on up. They're leaving. They're taking a team down, and they're going to go to the Navajo Nation. Come on. I just want to, I want to pray over you guys as you guys stand firm. What's the name of the, the ministry? 
Stand by me foundation. So you're going to stand firm. Shorty, he's standing too. Will you come down and join him? Who is anybody else from us going with you right now that you come on down and stand right here? Now, I understand that if somebody can go, you need somebody else to drive too. You need one more person that can go in the Navajo, but they could contact you. If they were off, you're leaving Monday and you're going to be back Wednesday night, tomorrow morning and be back Wednesday night. They're taking our trailer. We have a semi-trailer. Y'all may not know that, but we've got a 55-foot semi-trailer. It's been all around the country. They're taking that with them. Shorty's going to be driving and pulling that baby, and and, uh, we'll get you the information that you need tomorrow. But just stretch your hands towards the altar, towards them. Father, I thank you that they continue to stand. I thank you that you lead and guide and direct them in every way, shape, or form. God, I thank you that they are going to minister Christ to the Navajo Nation. I thank you that they're just going to, even if it's giving of clothes and giving of all sorts of stuff, God, that you just continue to bless them. And I know that it's not by their hand that they're doing this. It's by you, Christ, who's allowed them to be able to step into this and be able to make a difference. We bless them. We thank you that traveling mercies will be upon you. We thank you that the, that the vehicles will run properly, that we say that the angels will camp on and around and about you, according to Psalms 91. We speak your word of God over them right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for releasing your love upon the Navajo Nation in Manolito, New Mexico, and, and the other... Monument Valley, Utah, we just release them right now and let them be impacted by the love that you send forth in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give them a a mighty hand of praise. You guys can be seated a moment. I'm done here. Will you just stand up if you guys will just a moment? Where are we with Christ? Where are you with Christ? Because there's a time where it's like, Pastor, what do we, I don't know. I've never made a commitment. Now's the time to make a commitment. Now's the time to make a commitment. Now's the time. If you haven't made a commitment, make a commitment. Be real. Be genuine. A little too dark, Mike. A little bit lighter. Tonight or today. It just was so dark. It was almost night. Be good. Thank you, Mike. Let's just pray together. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes again because I don't want you to focus on anything else. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come up so we can people can pray for you. And I'm going to ask the prayer teams to be in the front. So if you're if you're not scheduled to be on a prayer team today, come anyway. Come anyway. I'm just going to ask you guys just to come on up. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, make that decision today. It's going to be the greatest decision that you'll make in your life, but then there'll still be challenges after that. So I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that it's just going to be rosy and life's going to be good because there's some difficult times that you may have to step in and be able to have to walk in. So I'm going to give an invitation for that. And if if one of you here that doesn't know Christ it says, look, I'm going to give my life to Christ. If you'll step out, others will come. If there's somebody here that says, you know, maybe I've given my life to Christ in the past. But Pastor, something's going on in my heart today. And I just, I just know I need prayer today. And you maybe want to rededicate your life. We're going to ask you to come. We're going to ask you to come. This is every eye closed, please, every head bowed, because this is not about you. It, it, this is about you and your relationship with God. It's not about the person next to you. If there's somebody you need to excuse them to let them out to come and be prayed for, then just, just let them come. Maybe you're here today and you just need some prayer today. Maybe you're just saying, you know what? I just need you to pray for me. I've been really struggling with this issue or that issue. I've got marriage issues. I've got kid issues. I've got parenting issues. Whatever those issues might be, we're going to, we're giving you an invitation for that also today. 
We're giving you an invitation for that also today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You might say, you know what? I don't even belong to this church. I I just came by. I saw the sign, and I wanted to know what was more valuable than gold. You can come. You're welcome to come. This isn't about who's in and who's out and who's part of this church or, or any other church at all. It's about the kingdom of God. So we're inviting you to come. We're inviting you to come today. Inviting you to come today. Hear from the Lord this morning. Hear from the Lord this morning. Hear from the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want you guys to look at me just a moment. I was in prayer this morning. I was just like, Lord, what what about a closing prayer? And he said, don't pray over them. He said, declare the word of God over them. There's going to be enough prayer. You guys are having prayer. But I'm not going to dismiss you without declaring the word of God over you. This is what I want you to hear, and I want you to grab this. I want you to know that this is the word of God. It says, I have a covenant with God by the blood of Jesus, and I release divine protection and divine provision according to Hebrews 8.6. My angels are carrying out the word of God on my behalf, according to Psalms 103.20. Any adversity, attack, accidents, tragedies that were headed your way are going to be diverted right now in the name of Jesus, according to Psalms 91. I speak to the raging waters over your life, and I say, peace, be still. I speak to your mind, and I say, peace, be still. I speak to your family, and I say, peace, be still. I speak to the thoughts of the enemy and I say, peace, be still, according to Mark 4.39. I speak to every mountain of fear. I speak to every mountain of debt. I speak to every mountain of lack. I speak to every mountain of discouragement. I speak to every mountain of stress. I speak to every mountain of depression. I speak to every mountain of lack and insufficiency right now. And I say, be removed and cast yourself into the sea. In the name of Jesus, according to Mark 11, 22 and 24, I speak to this day for you, and I call this day blessed for you. I call this afternoon blessed for you. I call this evening blessed for you. I call your sleep to be blessed for you tonight. I say and declare that we serve a mighty God, and today he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. I declare that you're going to begin to start thinking God's thoughts. You're going to begin to start having dreams and visions, and God's going to reveal and show and encourage and encourage you to the place where you're going to say, God, I give you praise for everything. I speak to those things in your life right now in Jesus' name. I say, God, you are a good God. Help me with this. God is good all the time. You are a good God. And you have good things for your children here today. You have good things stored up for us. I declare the riches in heavenly realms to be released in the Jesus name. I declare those storehouses to be released. I declare peace and strength and mercy and grace and God's favor over your life in Jesus name. Will you receive that today? Let's give the Lord some praise in the house. We receive that. I receive that today. You got to receive it. He says, if you'll believe it and receive it, then it'll be yours. You got to put your faith to it. 
Faith. It's got to be faith today. So, Father, we declare a blessing over you in Jesus' name. You guys go forth in his power and his might. The worship, the worship team's just going to play. You go, you go get your children if you want to. If you want to sit in here while they're worshiping. If you want to have some prayer, we're just going to be on his timetable. We bless you. We dismiss you. Go forth in his power tonight and know the power and might. And know this day is an amazing day. Those of you are visiting, we bless you and we thank you. And we send you forth with the blessings of the Lord.